Browns cast. I'm your host, Cogs. What a week for the Brownies. Have you ever seen such an exciting game? I mean, that was magnificent. That was absolutely magnificent. And for once, in at least the past 23 years, the refs made bad calls in favor of the Brownies. In favor of the Brownies. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely great. So we're going to get into the raw dog of the week, the best performer. But I want to get into some crazy, crazy stats here. So, uh, by the way, this game, the Browns and the Colts, had eight lead changes. That is the most in any NFL game in four years. And it's also only the 15th time that's happened in the last 104 years of the NFL. A.K.A. it is very rare to see a game like you saw on Sunday. So that is awesome. To continue with some cool stats, after making two 54-yard field goals during Cleveland's win and a 58-yarder, Adam Schefter, you got to get into that, man. So two 54 yards and a 58-yarder in Cleveland's win over Indianapolis, Browns kicker Dustin the Dust Bowl Dusty Hopkins is now the first NFL kicker ever to convert a 50-plus yard field goal in five consecutive games during an NFL single season. Dusty Buckets, a.k.a. Dustin Hopkins, maybe the best acquisition ever for the Cleveland Browns. My goodness gracious, that toe is gorgeous. No one ever has had five straight games with a 50-yarder. Not only has he had five straight games with a 50-yarder, he's had multiple, multiple. He's seven of seven from 50-plus this season. He hasn't missed. And when it matters most, he nails it. He He was so close to getting Raw Dog of the Week this week. He was so close. I mean, I can't tell you how close he was. He was so close. But, unfortunately, the Raw Dog of the Week goes to... Do you have any guesses? I'm sure you got some guesses. Goes to... Miles, the Freak Show... Garrett, nine total tackles, seven solo tackles, two sacks, one tackle for a loss, one pass deflected, two QB hits, blocked field goal, two strip fumbles. Oh my goodness gracious, all-time performance. He was single-handedly dominating and responsible for the win. Yes, he had a couple offsides that were pretty bad, and they both went into huge plays. But without Miles Garrett's performance yesterday, the Browns cannot win that game. And speaking about stat lines, I don't have to pull this one out of my pocket. This is just unbelievable, just to keep it going. Listen to this stat for you, okay? You ready for this? In fact, I think it's on my it's on my X account, so I could have just done it. So on the computer. Here we go. Ready for this? Miles Garrett. Brought his career sack total to 82.0, breaking a tie with Hall of Famer Reggie White, who is the best ever at the position. Okay, let's make no mistake. He is one of the best ever of any position, but definitely that. 
So his 82.0 sacks breaking a tie with Hall of Famer Reggie White for the most sacks before a player's 28th birthday since sacks were first officially tracked in 1982. So that obviously throws off a lot of the numbers because I'm sure some beasts had it back in the day, but they started doing it in 1982. And then here's a bonus stat for Miles Garrett for his first Raw Dog of the Week. Garrett also becomes or became the only player in the past 30 seasons to record multiple sacks, force multiple fumbles, and block a field goal in the same game. He absolutely dominated. These stats don't do justice for what he did for the Cleveland Browns. And that win going four and two with the first away win is absolutely massive because like we predicted, we predicted the over. We did say take the Browns. We were wrong with that. Could have done the money line. But the important takeaway is when you go all out and expend every jewel of energy you have to win a game like we did against the 49ers, if you can come back the next week and get a W, that's just a gift. That's amazing. Not only is it away, not only is it against the Colts who are pretty good. I mean, putting up 38 points against this defense. And I mean, yes, they were worn down because of what they did against the 49ers as predicted. But the Colts are no joke. They're very good. And without your franchise quarterback inking out a 39-38 win at the buzzer, I mean, it doesn't get more beautiful than that because this year is different. The ultimate question is going to come down to, can Deshaun Watson get his act together? And will he be fully healthy before the end of the season, before the playoffs? Because being 4-2 and is a big difference than being 3-3. and Big difference. Being 4-2 and is huge. And it's really important because Baltimore won, Pittsburgh won, of course. Of course they win. We win, they win, okay? We got the toughest division in football, the AFC North. So the question is, can we keep it up and can Deshaun Watson return to his 2020 caliber season? Could he do it? He was one of five, five yards, and that one pick. Not enough to assess. It was too short of a game. P.J. Walker, 15 of 32, 178 yards. No touchdowns, one pick, two sacks, loss of 17. QB rating of 25.9, rating of 51.3. Garden Minshew, by the way, another good stat, had over 300 yards passing. Every time Garden Minshew, Gardner Minshew gets over 300 yards passing, he's never won an NFL football game with, plus, with 300 yards throwing. So it looked like he was going to get it this time. I think he's 0-7, now he's 0-8. He's never won when he throws for over 300. Very sad. Jerome Ford broke that massive run, had 11 carries for 74 yards, but really just had one run. 6.7 average, one touchdown, 69-yard long. That was a big, big play. Kareem Hunt with that massive touchdown, one of two scores, 10 carries, 31 yards with the game winner, as we know. Marquise Goodwin had one rush for 17 yards, which was very nice. Now, Jonathan Taylor on the other side looked very, very good. 18 carries, 75 yards for a TD. 4.2 average looked very good. Moss also looked good. Stat line not as good, but he also had 18 carries for 57 yards and 3.2 average. They both looked very, very good. Minshew looked great rushing the ball. Three carries for 29 yards, almost 10 yards a carry, two TDs. But Jonathan Taylor looked very good. You could tell he was just a different breed out there. Now, the Browns defense didn't do so well. Josh Downs went for five, five receptions, 125 yards, touchdown. 
Michael Pittman, two receptions, 83 yards and a touchdown. Alec Pierce, three receptions for 53 yards. John Taylor also had three receptions for 45 yards. I mean, just my goodness, all over the place. But the fumbles were massive. Gardner Minshew, three fumbles, and all three fumbles were lost. And that was the difference maker. That was huge. The Browns, P.J. Walker fumbled but did not lose it. Anthony Awok had a recovery. Ogbo had a recovery. Tony Fields had a recovery. Jerome Ford had a recovery. Grant Delpit had 10 tackles, seven solo, messed up a couple plays, one tackle for a loss. Uh, Miles Garrett just went into that. Awok had eight. Um, we had a sack by Z, his first sack of the season. And Jordan Elliott played very well, had some very big plays there. Also had a sack. Very, 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 very good. Kenny Moore, the second on Indianapolis, had a sack and a half with also 10 tackles. And Zaire Franklin had 11 tackles, which is leading the entire game. But Miles Garrett, oh, and Denzel had a pick. And then the pick on the other side was Julian Blackmon and Rodney Thomas, the second. Two picks. But, uh, man, those plays. Let's get into those plays for a second. So, at the end of the game, on that last drive, according to Shan Sharp and other people that are credible, who played in the league, that play with Amari Cooper, the illegal contact, which gave us the first down and moved us up, was a good call. It was a good call. And I looked at it over and over, and it looked fine. It looked like they challenged it. Very interesting. I didn't know you could challenge that, but it looked like they reviewed it. It was a legal contact, and that was a good call. Then the next play, they do pass interference against Donovan Peoples-Jones. Now, here's what truly happened, because I can tell you the truth. Donovan Peoples-Jones was pass interfered. He was. That was absolutely pass interference. He held his arm. Not okay. However, that was an uncatchable ball. The ball actually, literally, hit the ground at the end edge of the field and bounced into the stands. Someone caught it in the stands. That means it's uncatchable. So he was absolutely interfered. He was holding the arm. That was illegal. But for the simple reason that it was not catchable, the flag should not have been thrown or it should have been called back. Now, the play calling on the one-yard line. I, Stefanski said he wanted to throw three times. He was always going to throw on fourth down, but he was worried about getting the guys lined up. If they get tackled short, you know, are they going to be able to, you know, stop the clock because they have no timeouts? So they went three straight passes. That was risky to me. I thought you should just run it up the gut. And there was enough time. There was 25 seconds that if you get stopped on that first one, you spike it and then you could do it again. But he was his whole plan the whole time was to throw throw, throw, and then 100% rush it. He, he said the players were asking, like, just run it. We want to run it up the middle. We want to run it. Let us run it. He's like, hold on, guys. Hang, hang with me. We're going to do that on fourth down if we don't get in. So that was his plan. That was the method to his madness, he said. So to throw those three balls. But, man, I don't know about that. I think there was enough time to rush, stop the clock, and rush. You get two shots at it. And they barely got in on that fourth down. He definitely got in, but it was it was uh, it was close. Let's just say it was very very close. Um, but uh, they won the game. They pulled it out. Big time win. Big momentum. And if Miles Garrett didn't play like a freak show with that jump for that, that is your star player on special teams, jumping the line of scrimmage 
you're not allowed to touch the guy on the line of scrimmage. That's a penalty. You can't push off. You can't do anything. He literally didn't run. You, oh, you're not allowed to run up and jump. No, 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 no. He didn't do that. He stood there and just jumped over him and then jumped again and blocked it, almost caught it to block the field goal. That is unbelievable. It was a vertical jump. No steps, nothing. He is like a 6'4", almost 300-pound behemoth jumping over the line of scrimmage, over the center, over the guard to block the field goal. I mean, that was spectacular. He has now officially put his name right at the top of the list for Defensive Player of the Year. And if he keeps it up, which I think he's going to do, I believe Miles Garrett will be the Defensive Player of the Year unless T.J. Watt keeps getting two sacks a game and an interception or something. He can't do that every single game. There's just no way. But Miles Garrett can because he is a true freak. So Miles Garrett has now put his name at the top of the list for Defensive Player of the Year, and he's also the recipient of the most prestigious award in all of Cleveland sports, the Raw Dog of the Week, and his very first Raw Dog of the Week of his entire career, which started this year. So give it what it is. But absolutely stellar performance. We're very happy for you, Miles. Congratulations on winning. We imagine you're going to have many more in this very season. You might even have one next week. You never know against the Seattle Seahawks. But overall, the Browns inked it out. This team has chemistry like no other team I've ever seen in Cleveland since 99. They love each other. They play with each other. P.J. Walker comes in. They have his back. Right? They play together. They're selfless. They don't waver on the sidelines. You throw bad, you know, you make a bad play, you throw an interception. Defense is like, all right, we're out. Don't worry, we'll get the ball back. Defense messes up. Office is like, don't worry about it. We're going to go drive down and score. They don't waver. That's what P.J. Walker said in his press conference. They do not waver. He says that's rare. He's never seen it to this degree. They just know they're going to get the job done with whoever's on the field next. They understand next man up mentality. They understand this is for a championship. They understand we are one quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl. So, Deshaun Watson, it's time to put your big boy pants on. It's time to get healthy. It's time to play your butt off for the rest of the season because this is your chance to be great. Put all the haters to rest. Show them you're a pro bowler. Show them you're potentially all pro. Show them you are one of the best in the league like you were. Show them you can win a Super Bowl because this is it. You got the team around you like never before. You have the defense. You have great weapons on offense. It comes down to our biggest acquisition in in Cleveland Browns history. Deshaun Watson, the $260 million man, making $46 million a year, just chilling. If he turns out to be what we thought he was, we are on the way to the Super Bowl, ladies and gentlemen. That is how important it is. It comes down to our biggest acquisition. Look at that. Everything else is built right around him. Number four, can you come back? Can you perform in Seattle? Or is P.J. Walker going to come in and continue his undefeated record being a quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, even though he didn't start? So technically, I think it goes to Watson. But he's 2-0 and on our books with the Cleveland Browns. But P.J. Walker clearly is not Deshaun Watson in 2020. We need you back, boy. We need you back, man. Come on. Do it for the people. Do it for the dog pound. Miles Garrett, we're proud of you, man. You really deserved it. That was an incredible performance. Your, your dog, absolutely incredible. Great team win overall. And um, we're going to have to start looking forward. We'll assess the game film out tomorrow. Uh, we'll see where we can you know, fix things up, see where we went wrong against the Colts. A lot of mistakes. It wasn't pretty. 
absolutely was not pretty. But in this league, you take a W when you can. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, that is a W. And for that, we are grateful and we are so happy to celebrate Victory Monday as a Cleveland Browns fan. That's it for the Browns cast. I'm your host, Kogs. We'll go over film tomorrow. Other than that, enjoy the rest of your Victory Monday because they are so beautiful. It makes the world feel fantastic. All right, that's it. We're out. Bye.